the galaxy is full of film, and this is the Galaxy of Film Podcast. All right, and welcome back to the Brainups of Galaxy of Film. I'm your host, Max. I'm joined with none other than my co-host, Danilo. How have you been for the past week? I have been alive. I'm, I knew you were going to say that. Just some, Yeah, I just saw him off the fucking wall. Yeah, man, I've been fine. You know, hanging in there. We recorded that LFG episode. Just absolutely fucking, you know, fucking banger right there. Um, yeah, check it out for Venom Let There Be Carnage. Yep. And... Yeah, not gonna lie, dude. I'm very surprised we talked about that movie for 40 minutes. I am too. I am too. I didn't even listen to our recording. I didn't even know it was 40 minutes until you just said it. So yeah, me, me too. Man. <laughs> me too. Hashtag me too. So. Oh goodness, goodness, goodness. <laughs> well, we're not alone this week because we haven't been alone, thankfully, in a long fucking time. But joining us yet again for the second week in a row, uh, regular guest star at this point. We got Brian from Drink the Movies and Old Republic podcast. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. You know, just kind of chilling. Chilling. Got a new chilling. couch. Yeah, I got a new couch. That's good. Uh, went and saw Venom. I should have listened to the uh, bonus pod. Uh, LFG would have uh, given me some tips about making <laughs> the most of my movie going experience. Um, I will say, in the 45 minutes, you uh, did detour and talk about. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for about five minutes, so that was pretty nice. I like that. So, dude, I love. Do you like the Ninja Turtle movies, Brian? Uh, uh, everyone does, and if you, you say that you, you don't love the thank Ninja you. Turtle movies, uh, you're lying or you're insane. So, do you, you like Ninja man, Turtles Brian. three though? Like no Ninja one likes Turtles Ninja Turtles three. That's thank exactly you. right, Brian. Thank you, Brian. That's exactly yeah. right, Brian. You're, you're the new Except co-host, me. Brian. <laughs> yeah, Brian. <laughs> promoted, promoted. Do you? Yeah. Did you ever watch the um the animated sequel TMNT? I, no, I didn't watch like the like the newer one that's on Nickelodeon. No, no, no. This no, was no, like no, no, from no. This, 2007. This was a yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. I know. I was in the theater. Oh, oh. Um, no, I did not. No, James I need to, Earl uh, Taylor's Leonardo. I need to search that out. Okay. Max, Max, quick question. Do you like that movie? I love it, dude. That's exactly fucking right, man. <laughs> I loved it, dude. I saw that in theaters, I think, twice when I was a kid. The video game's good, too, man. It's a good, like, Ninja Turtles 4. Good- yeah, yeah. Like they'll like just they'll the new generation of turtles. They'll loosely reference the other films. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like Leo, like he goes into exile, I guess because Dude, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. Because ruin three it. was oh. so bad. Spoiler. We'll do, we'll do an LFG. On, on, we'll do an LFG on it, buddy. We'll do an LFG on it. God, I love Ninja Turtles, dude. I have the Mondo six skill Leonardo in my living room, just sitting dude, there. Nothing to play the arcade games. Yeah, dude. Turtles in time is good, but. Brian, when we do Ninja Turtles, you're coming on for that episode. No questions asked. You'll be here. Yeah, that'll be a uh, double header for sure. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Secret of the Use. That sounds good. Let's do it. I have that on vinyl. <laughs> oh, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> you know, my friends. That's good. You get the you get you get the vanilla ice going on the yes, on the vinyl. You know it, God. This is why you're on the show, Brian. Whenever you see Elias Cotes in any role, you instantly go Casey Jones. Represent. You you understand what you you understood the assignment, Brian. You got I know, it, I know, I know how things go. Yeah, absolutely, dude. dude my you have to remember, Brian. Brian's older than us, so he has way more wisdom than we do. Yeah. Not a lot older. I I but remember. He is older. 
I remember when the movie came out because I was in elementary school and you guys weren't even born yet for like 15 years or something, some nonsense. So, yeah, I remember like going, opening weekend, seeing it. It was amazing. Blew my mind. Blew your mind. Raphael says, damn, it was it was amazing. (laughs) Best best movie ever. I do like when Raphael says, damn, it just echoes through New York. It was great. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, My friend. Oh, shit, dude. We were negative 10. What? Negative 10? Yeah, it came out in 1990. Oh, oh. He's right. We weren't even born, dude. I was about to be like, holy, I thought this came out like 99 or something. No, dude. No. no. Jesus. Jesus. But anyways, my friend Steven, dude, his favorite movie of all time is his Taxi Driver, right? He's a big Scorsese fan, which we're talking about Scorsese this episode. I'll always give him shit because I think Secret of the Ooze is a better movie than Taxi Driver. I fucking love Secret of the Ooze. But Taxi Driver. It is. I'm I'm a Scorsese guy. I'm a Scorsese guy. You know that. You know that, Max. Mm -hmm. I 110% back your statement, buddy. Thank you, Danilo. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze is cinema gold, dude. It is... It was snubbed for not getting an Academy Award. That's exactly <laughs> fucking right, bud. Then again, so was Rocky IV. Especially right. the, right, the right, intro. Right, we're done. We're, we're done. in like we're that done. mini mall and Donatello's hidden hey, a little bop hey, it thing and he just looks at the camera. Fucking, it's great. Anyways. Introduce next guest. We got another guest on. with us this week. We have Cam. <laughs> <laughs> we got Cam Sully from the Jacked Up Review Podcast. How are you doing, Thanks, man? Sir. Always good. <laughs> it's wonderful to finally guys, have you on. <laughs> uh, we recently, um, I was guest on your podcast recently talking about some Margot Robbie stuff, dude. So I'm glad we were able to get yep. a chance to get you on here finally. <laughs> you know you know it but um yeah we got a good show for you guys this week we're talking two mafia movies discussing martin scorsese's goodfellas and the new sopranos film the many saints of newark but first you know it's time to get into the news danielle do you want to show portion <laughs> <laughs> i want to get into what the news yeah do you want to take it away first you want me to this week oh god I guess I can go, man. I haven't done it in a minute, I guess. I know. Right? This is a Scorsese episode, dude. I want you to have your spotlight this week, buddy. Buddy, when I didn't watch Goodfellas but could remember it just line for line, just playing in my head, you know, I come prepared. All right. <laughs> um, Mayhem Pictures um, released a new short film called Toxic Flower on YouTube. Mayhem Pictures, as you know, is... I'm so bad with names. I'm so bad with names. Jake! Jake has been on this podcast a while. Be sure, Max, stop laughing, dude. You have literally said the guy's name like five times, and I ask you, and I give you five different podcasts that I think he's from. Jake, we do appreciate you. You man. are horrible with names. The only one you yeah, remember okay, is yeah. Brian, actually. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, dude, Brian went out of his way to go yeah. to the fucking library to download some app on his phone or whatever <laughs> to watch whatever fucking movie we watched. Yeah, that's right. I, that's I go above and beyond. I, I bring it. I bring, I bring the heat. If I'm going to come and hang out on Galaxy of Film, I bring it. We're Thank all you. coming on Galaxy Thank you, of Brian, Film. for uh, for going to the <laughs> library and renting this film to right, watch. Unlike did. the one guy that just came on here and just dipped out halfway through. No exit. Right, <laughs> okay. Okay. Max, do you want to talk about Toxic Flower? Did you watch that? I haven't gotten around to watch it yet. Yeah, man. I don't want to spoil it. It is a short film. Um, Jake, he's a good friend of the podcast over at Mayhem Pictures. Um, he... He directed, and I believe even wrote this short film called Toxic Flower. And the summary of this is it stars a guy named Craig. 
Craig comes across a beautiful flower while walking in the woods of his girlfriend Emma, and during this walk, he quickly learns that this flower, along with his relationship, is toxic. This short film is like eight minutes long, guys. Go on the YouTube channel, Mayhem Pictures, and check it out. Check out their podcast as well. Great stuff. Uh, Jake's a wonderful guy. We we were talking about his last short film as well, The Vaccine. I like that one. That was a good one. At all to the Toxic Avenger, I swear. What'd you say? It's not related at all to the Toxic Avenger. No, no, this has nothing to do with trauma (laughs) whatsoever. Yeah, Different kind of toxic. Yeah, different kind of toxic. Different kind of toxic. Let's get into the news news. Danielle. Yep, yep. All right. Um, we first up, we have Keanu Reeves confirms the live action Berserker will be rated R. What the fuck is Berserker? I don't fucking know. Uh, Max, do you know what that is? It's the comic series where he's like the star of it. Yeah, I I knew that, but like, do you read it? No. Yeah, neither do I. So why was this in the news if we don't know what we're fucking talking about, buddy? Because it's getting an adaption, buddy. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So if you're out there and you're listening to this. And you read that, let us know. Yeah, let leave us, us an know. iTunes review and let us know there. Or on the iTunes polls. We start, or not iTunes, the Spotify polls. We started doing that read recently, card. too. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, do you, uh, do you um, read Berserker? B R Z R K R? I, I do not read uh, Berserker, so I did not know that Keanu Reeves had anything to do with it or there was a live action uh, adaptation. Of it coming. Uh, I see that it's going to be rated R, though, which is good because there are three R's and Berserkers. No vowels, but three <laughs> R's. So rated R, that makes sense. So, uh, yeah, bring it bring it on, I guess. The R's. <laughs> That's what I love to hear. That's what I love to hear. Rated and Cam, how about you, man? Do you read Berserker? I've never read Berserker. I don't know if it's Marvel, DC, or Dark Horse. What the fuck is Berserker? <laughs> Keanu Reeves title. Whatever the, he, whatever the hell he calls it. So yeah, um, look forward to that if you guys are reading Berserker and let us know. Let us know. Next up on the news, we have Phoenix Joaquin Phoenix is unsure if the Joker sequel is happening after all. I have my opinions on this. Max, do you have any comments about this? Yeah, we talked about this, I forget how many weeks ago on the show, after, I think Todd (laughs) Phillips said the sequel was in the works, it was confirmed. What the fuck's going on here? Are we not getting Joaquin returning? Are we doing a different Joker? Like, it's the three Joker storyline, which is currently a big thing at DC. Um, Is Todd just writing a script Kind of thing, and he hasn't pitched the idea yet, but just saying, oh, I don't know if this is going to get greenlit, but he he has the idea in his head. Yeah, yeah. Or he's putting pen to paper finally. Who fucking knows? Um, this doesn't sound very uh, promising. Yeah, yeah, not like at it's all. moving forward. That that yeah, makes me happy. That makes me happy, man. Because I didn't want to see a sequel to the Joker. Just like how I didn't want to see a sequel to Knives Out. I liked how it was just a standalone. The Joker was, you know, I liked how we got that little bit of Batman. But I thought, like, the story could stop there, you know? Maybe I need another Joker. But let's do a different villain, though, man. I'm still going to be pushing for my Mr. Freeze standalone movie. Yeah, just, like, dude, dark, I love R-rated Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Like, that would be fucking lit. Brian, wow. do you have any comments on um, what Joaquin's statements here? Unsure if Joker 2 will be happening? Yeah, no. Um, Like you, I'm perfectly fine with it not happening. Um, It seemed like it was something that was going to happen, even though the world did not need it to happen. Um, but yeah, bring on some, uh, different stories. 
Uh, Mr. Freeze, that'd be a good one. Um, I'd be down for like a Penguin standalone movie. Uh, maybe Joaquin's just going to be doing some producing of it. Uh, maybe he's not on board that much with doing the sequel <laughs> as much as the uh, writers in the studio wanted him to be. So I don't, I don't know. But yeah, I, that sort of uh, language coming from him uh, leads me to believe that it's probably not really going to happen. Maybe, and that's okay with me. Yeah, I think him didn't him and Todd like sign on for uh, I don't know like a one a one movie thing like they both agreed when they made it they didn't they weren't gonna make a sequel. Does anyone else yeah. remember that? I think yeah. originally, I think so. Yeah, I think that was the thing. but then the fucking numbers that they did at the box office was just absolutely insane. And Cam, how about you, man? What do you think? What do you make of uh, Joaquin's statements? It's definitely a perfect example of it doesn't matter what acclaim or numbers you make, it all comes down to. I mean, you guys saw the, uh, what was that one, the Death of Superman documentary with Kevin Smith and everybody? Oh, oh yeah. The one yeah. that Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. was supposed to be Superman? Yeah, and Dan Gilroy was attached to it. It was the only thing he was known for was this unmade movie back in the day. But yeah, it was just like, they, they talked heavily about how Warner Brothers just had always been rotting throughout the 90s with their marketing department. And it seemed like that's why, why Lorenzo de Bonaventura just finally left and made his own production company for Paramount. Um, it seems like we're kind of in a conundrum where it's just like Warner Brothers is trying different things, but they're just not looking at enough numbers. They just seem to think we'll just toss stuff out there and make our money back on sister channel HBO earrings. It's like, well should just actually start looking at what people are saying and do a poll it you know it, it wouldn't hurt yeah because it's a little more like uh li- listening to fans compared to just looking at statistics is what you're saying yeah totally because they made this low budget movie that made lots of money and yet a billion dollars yeah it made more than you know enough beyond just the budget back and so it's just like what do they want where will they go with it? Yeah. I'd like a, a Mr. Freeze thing. That'd be cool. Like you said, Mr. Anila. Freeze would be cool, dude. I just, I got, we got a taste of him in Gotham. I don't know if anyone's watched that show. I've seen yes. parts. I want to see more of that. Yeah, it was a good episode. I wanted to see more of it, but we ne- never like got finished. I was like, sick. Um, see, I don't Max, think we'll get oh. any Penguin stuff because of Gotham with his origins. That and with uh, Colin Farrell playing him in The Batman. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll get any solo Penguin stuff like any time in the foreseeable future. Because Danny mind. DeVito's Penguin's still very well beloved as well. Yeah, that was a good Penguin too. Yeah, dude. Max, this is your time to shine for a hot minute. Rocky IV director's cut Four, received dude. a trailer. <laughs> Getting small, getting a small theater release. Um, I've only seen Rocky One and the Creed franchise, and the one with Drago. What? This is the so, one with Drago. Okay, I'm not that big of a Rocky fan. When I remember it, dude, I saw it like one fucking okay, time. Okay, dude, so, this is all you, man. <laughs> so, ever since Rambo came out, um, Last Blood, Rambo Last Blood's awful. I don't know what made Stallone say it's fucking awful <laughs> yeah it's it's bad dude it rainbow last blood is just home alone starring sylvester stallone <laughs> it makes no sense uh rainbow uh, four had a perfect ending for the franchise right. where it was pretty meaningful no surprisingly for a action movie um oh god stallone's my favorite actor of all time dude don't get me wrong i'm happy to see him in anything especially the Rocky stuff. 
But with the Rainbow thing, fans were very vocal about how awful it was. And I don't know how much studio interference there was of Last Blood. But There's Stallone like said, you know what? I'm doing a director's cut of Last Blood. I never watched it, but I saw some of the praise I got online. And people seem to enjoy that cut a lot more than um, the theatrical cut, even though I believe the outcome's the exact same. It's but, like a different opening, but that's just it. He he did the same thing with Expendables 1, where he had like some extra stuff. And was like, well, that did make a difference in terms of this. But all those other recuts he seems to do, it just seems like... I don't know, someone's not giving him enough second opinions, or he doesn't want the opinion mm-hmm. until he gets the backlash. And it's like, what do you want, Sly? And why, why all this ego stroking? You're an awesome dude, but come on, get in line. But ever since the director's cut of Last Blood came out, he announced, hey, I've got all this unused footage, all this stuff I wanted to test with with Rocky IV. I'm going to mess with it. And he, he teased it back in, I think, 2019. But when COVID hit, he started... This was, like, his quarantine project. Yeah, I remember like, that. Working at home in his office. He had, like, a projector set up editing. He would post little clips on Instagram here and there. He was doing Q&As about it, too. Just teasing things he would include. How much extra fight sequences. I believe there's an extra half hour coming into this movie. Which is insane. Jesus. Because it Rocky IV... Rocky IV <laughs> is not my favorite Rocky. I love it. I love the franchise, but it's not my favorite. Yeah, yeah. But one thing I'll give Rocky for is it has amazing pacing. It is fight, montage, fight, montage, fight, montage. It is. It feels like it's nothing, dude. It feels like a fight with how fast it's going. It does, man. So it really, it, it yeah. kind of concerns me of how long we're getting into this. But knowing this was a more of a passion project for him, that he's been sitting on this footage for, for years, uh, since the movie was fucking filmed. So he's had time to think about this. He's had and he's put the actual effort into it. There was no rush for it too. I'm I'm looking forward to this release, dude. He did announce he's cutting out the Happy Birthday Polly robot, which is weird. I he hated the robot apparently, which is just an odd thing. Um, but it is getting a small theatrical release, thankfully. A theater near me is playing it. Um, in the, it's weird. It's not at my boutique theater. It's at like a little AMC in the town next to. It's that in Cary. All right. They do and, all okay. I will go see it, dude. If um, the tickets haven't sold when they go live, I would love to see it in theaters. It's so getting a physical think- release too. I cannot wait for this cut. I know he's doing an actual screening in Philadelphia. Um, I think November twelfth. Let's go. New York. Galaxy of, be... Film, Galaxy of Film takes its Philadelphia. I would love to, Perfect. but New York. Yeah, do both, bud. I'll say. Do you think this will be successful enough for him to recut some of his other movies that had a bunch of footage cut, like Cobra or... I really like Cobra, actually, so I, I'd be okay I'm not seeing a, big a cut. Fan, but see the cuts of the TV version, there's like... Same thing with Rocky. All this extra footage that he cut out because it didn't have anything to do with him. It had everything to do with the villains and the supporting mm-hmm. characters. It's like, but that's what you need. You've got, if you focus on just Stallone, you have an incomplete movie. And it seems like now he's just finally just tuning down the ego a bit and recutting these movies. To me, popular. Stallone's kind of taking like the Harrison Ford route right now where he's just yeah. returning to his best roles. Like one last time, like a Harrison to Blade Runner, uh, Star Wars of Han Solo and is giving Indiana Jones a final hurrah, like a, a proper like, send off yeah. compared to Crystal Skull. Because we, we know um, 
you know, Stallone did obviously the two Creed movies. He did another Rambo, which didn't need to happen. Um, and he's doing Expendables four finally as well, which I'm a big. I like the Expendables films. I like the trilogy. Oh yeah. So I'm, and passing it off to Statham as his new franchise. Did you know that he's producing a spy like cop show starring Dolph Lundgren? Yeah, I heard something about that. He um didn't he produce another Dolph Lundgren project a couple years ago? Uh, not to my knowledge. Dolph's currently working on a movie with Undisputed and Expendables two star Scott Adkins that got wrapped. Okay. But, but, yeah. But dude, I'm, I'm, actually... I'm fucking pumped for this release. Brian, I know Danilo yeah. is not a Rocky fan. What are your <laughs> thoughts on this director's cut of Rocky Four? Yeah, Danilo's only seen two of the Rocky films, and one of them was this one. So, um, <laughs> no, bring on, bring on uh, more Rocky Four. Um, I think that's awesome. I guess if if he wants to, you know, do this work and you know get his vision of it out there in a not annoying way like we're seeing a lot of these uh release the insert name here cut on twitter (laughs) (laughs) which is obnoxious but i mean if he feels you know passionately about it and he thinks that he can you know bring it back into the light i don't know if he got you know rejuvenated into the franchise with like the success that creed had and he feels Mm -hmm. like that's not the best representation of what he could have done with rocky four um so bringing it back out but yeah i'm into it i hope that all 30 minutes is just more training and russia montage would be great oh, yeah. um, um it, but no I'm, I'm into it and it's and you can go see it in carrie carrie is lovely that's nice so yeah you're coming down okay yeah when, <laughs> when's it when's this, i'll uh i'll i'll uh i'll drive i'll drive up there and and we can uh we can go do uh rocky four that'd be pretty cool actually. make a Make, make That'll be after you've seen every recut of by Zack Snyder or Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> no, though, see the plot I'll twist here, down, Brian. Bro. I'll is, drive down. I'll drive down to go. The see plot twist is here. You're gonna drive down to come see Rocky Four with me. I'm gonna tell you to meet me at my house, and then I'm gonna make you get in my car. We're gonna go to Philadelphia. Oh, that's okay. The plot twist. That's pretty creepy, man. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I, yeah, you made I feel it. Like, you took it to a place like would, that wasn't safe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I would I would know something was up pretty quick <laughs> if we if we did not go to neighboring Cary and instead drove eight hours to Philadelphia. <laughs> oh I did that a couple oh, weeks yeah. or a couple months ago. Actually, I just went to Philadelphia for like four hours and came back. Yeah, but that was fun. Um, Cam, do you have any comments on this Rocky Four cut? <laughs> Nothing. I can't do better than you guys. You guys pretty much hit the nail on the head. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm pumped. Sounds good. I'm pumped for you, man. I'm happy everyone's gonna go get to see their Rocky Four cut. Um, I wish I could join that boat. Maybe I'll rewatch it, man. Maybe I'll rewatch the franchise one day. You know, mm-hmm. like actually watch the franchise, no. not rewatch, but actually watch it. <laughs> I do like the first one, and I like Creed, loves the first one. Creed's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, next up in the news, Ben Affleck says he had a lot of fun while working on the Flash film. Well, Ben Affleck, you know what, bud? You're the worst fucking Batman I've ever seen in my entire okay, life. Okay, so. bud. All right. All right. Go have fun. <laughs> Have fun working on the Flash film, bud. You okay, you can. Hard. You can. All right, Max. How you about can. you, man? What do you think of? Uh, actually, you know what? Fuck off, Brian. What do you think of Ben Affleck saying he has fun on the Flash? Uh, so, so Ben Affleck might be the worst Batman, but that's only because <laughs> everyone that's been Batman has been, you know, really good at it. So, uh, that's fair. But uh, having fun on Flash. I looked this up. Tamora Morrison is in Flash, so that's fun. He gets to hang out with him with uh, Django Fett. That's yeah, cool. Um, he al- he also probably made, uh, you know, multiples of millions of dollars for going and 
hanging out on set, and that's always fun. So, yeah. So. Yeah, isn't Michael Keaton supposed to be in this too? Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a Batman. whole flash. It's a whole it's a whole flash multiverse. I think enough they brought it up in Venom. It was in the uh, <laughs> Venom, I think, maybe. Yeah, they're essentially enough. redoing into the Spider Verse live action. So that's what they're doing with the Flash. Is like Spider-Man get all the other shit. DC characters, or that, that's what they're. Do- so this is Crisis on Infinite Earths theatrical. <laughs> I've never seen that. I don't. I don't do DC anymore example. after after Christopher Nolan left and. They just pumped out the Justice League or Justice League. I'm not saying you're to like it. I'm just saying that's basically what they're doing. Just taking I, all the I wanted to drive play. home just and hit my car into a <laughs> pole it, after I got out of the <laughs> AMC theater. Max, how about you, man? You you you, you sucking off uh, Ben Affleck over there, man. So uh, t- <laughs> oh tell, me, tell, me, tell me what you love so much about this guy <laughs> saying he has fun on the Flash set, man. I fucking love Ben Affleck as Batman, dude. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Get... Why? Why? Because he's just more detective-like? He's more Dark Knight-esque? Like, the animated Dark Knight? Yeah, exactly. I'm a big fan of the Dark Knight Returns line. He's okay. the most accurate okay. to it. Um, I respect that. I respect that, then. You know, with with these superhero roles, there's, there's a clear depiction of, okay, I like the superhero, and I like the secret identity character. Is he the best Bruce Wayne? I just think Christian Bale is still. Is he the best Batman, in my opinion? Yeah, he's most accurate of my favorite storyline. Um, okay, okay, I respect it. I respect it. Yeah, just like with um, <laughs> like Toad or like Andrew Garfield with Spider Man. I love him as Spider Man. I'm not big on his Peter Parker though. Okay. You know, it just you depends. Can stop on... talking now. What'd you say? <laughs> I said you can stop talking now. Yeah, but the worst Batman <laughs> though is 100 percent George Clooney. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about? Yeah, oh, I, for, I forget about that. Batman. Yeah, I really forget about that, man. So you know what? I I rescind my comment. I rescind my comments, man. I I try to forget that. Never forget the day I watched that on Cartoon Network, and I told Cartoon myself Cartoon Network. Yeah, dude, it was on. It must not have been on Cartoon Network. It was on TNT. something. TV yeah, TNT. That's what it was on. And it was like around Christmas time or some shit. I turned it on, and I'm like, the fuck am I watching right now? You know. Adam really the fourth one Batman. for Christmas. That's weird. I would have figured the second one because there's a lot of snow. Isn't the second one on Christmas Eve? I think. I right? don't know, dude. I try mm. to forget those two. Yeah, the the second uh, Michael Keaton one. Yeah, is set like on Christmas Eve, I think. Yeah, the yeah, second Batman like Returns. Four. I think is the strongest of the four. No, dude, I was talking about the George Clooney ones. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about just in general because I said I thought oh, okay, the okay. sequel or Batman Returns was the Christmas themed one. So it's weird that the George Clooney movie's playing during Christmas time, but not that one. They just Mr. freeze. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing over there. Uh, Cam, how about you, man? What do you think about Ben Affleck's comments here with the Flash? Oh, uh, what won't Ben Affleck say? So outspoken, but kind of. I, I hate to play a game of favorites and everything, but yeah, I don't have a problem with his Batman. I just had a problem with Batman versus Superman, but he had a better time to shine in the Snyder cut so that says a lot but now yeah, the worst Batman for me will always be Val Kilmer and I say that as a fan of Val Kilmer he just oh. was so bland in that role oh, wow. that's an interesting take um yeah I mean I I don't like BVS at all I like the two Batman scenes I get oh but... yeah totally worth it yeah like the <laughs> warehouse scene's great but I mean is it worth me sitting there for two and a half hours or f- when I go home, when I can watch the ultimate three-hour cut. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Um, good for the Flash. When is that coming out, dude? Who knows? 
supposed to come out like 2018 Wait, originally. Isn't that this? Isn't that directed by um, the guy who did it? I think. Mm. Directed oh. by Andy Muschietti. Yep, that's the guy it? who yeah, did, he did it. Do it. Yeah, yep. I am Later. a bit excited for it now just because of that. Yeah, I'm just excited because Keaton and Ben Affleck in the same movie, and possibly uh, yeah, dude. Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the Thomas Wayne Batman. Ooh, That'll be sick. Man. Keaton's my boy, man. I like Michael mm-hmm. Keaton. All right, next up on next up, we're doing shows. Uh, that was all for news. Um, if you guys have any more news, well, think about it yourself because we're moving <laughs> on. All right, shows. Obviously, we had the What If finale today. Um, I watched it. I actually watched it for you, Max, so we could talk about oh, it. Oh, thanks. Um, I got you. No problem, man. I I thought you know what, Max would be disappointed if I didn't watch it, and so would our Galaxy of Film listeners. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I watched it. Um, anyone else watch uh, Marvel's What If series finale besides Max My and I? My sister has. I have not. I okay. I did not. I did not. But with Danilo watching it, this is like the What If of the Galaxy of Film podcast, <laughs> where if Danilo actually watched the show you were talking about, <laughs> What If of the What If. Yes, it is. Yes, oh, it is. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, spoilers, obviously. So skip, like, I don't know, fucking two minutes ahead if you don't want to hear what Max and I have to say. If not, no, 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 uh, no. listen. So, yeah, what if happened? I'll give you a little recap. Um, who is it? What's the guy's fucking name? The Watcher assembles his team of protectors of the multiverse. Guardians who- of the multiverse, sir. Fuck off, dude. <laughs> we then get, And they're all from the show's... the previous episodes that we just watched what, what was it eight yeah well it's yeah. the weird thing we see from the hey, poster hey, hey, let me get the let me, gamora let me get, hey hey hey, okay. hey, hey okay. let me get let me okay get. okay so he you know he gets he gets your team and then he just picks up gamora he just fucking picks up this gamora girl in a in a thanos suit sick dude where was that fucking episode i would have loved to see that one nope okay and then how long was she in for uh the episode i don't know a minute Thick. <laughs> All right. Anyway, though, obviously he got Doctor Strange help from episode three, two, four, whatever the fuck it was. Four. The best episode that was to date for the series. And we get them trying to face off against Vision's Ultron with the Infinity Stones. And all we see for a good 30 minutes is just them fighting. So it's is- a face off. So that means Travolta's playing Thanos and Nick Cage is playing the hero? No. No. <laughs> no. Just anyway, we just get them facing off for a whole fucking like 25 to 30 minutes. Like that is all we're seeing, just flashing fight scenes, a, a bit of planning, but that's it. J- just just a lot of fights, which mm. is okay. Kind of cool. Whatever. Like, yes, I could have done without it. <laughs> then we get the cool ending where Killmonger tries to betray him, and you're like, "Dude, Killmonger's an absolute menace, bro. Killmonger's a menace in my opinion, but he takes just no prisoners. He is swinging <laughs> left and right." And I'm like, okay, here we go. A lead up to season two? Nope. Um, who? What's his face? Fucking Doctor Strange traps him in like a snow glow, basically. And then he goes back to his fucking universe where he's just in a snow globe himself. So you're like, okay, so these people just go back to their universes. Sick. Except for Killmonger, obviously. Um, And then, uh, what's her fucking name? Scarlett Johansson. ScarJo. She won her lawsuit against Disney. Good for you, Scarlett. But Black Widow goes to a different timeline because the Watcher's like, I'll show you mercy. And that was what that was what the title was. What if the Watcher broke his promise? He interfered and he gave uh, Black Widow a different type of family. Did you watch the um the the after credit scene? Nope. Yeah, it, it sets up season two. 
because um, we, we knew this from, I think, when the show first kicked off, Marvel announced that Captain Carter will return in future seasons for sure. So yeah, yep. the after credit yep. scene, it continues on what we see here at the beginning of this episode, where it's the start of the Winter Soldier movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes straight back, and uh, Black Widow's like, hey, I found what these pirates were here, what they were after. So she goes down like the hull of the ship, and they find this this big like shipping container, and they open it inside. It's the Hydra Stomper from her episode. Oh, and Steve okay. is somehow preserved alive inside the Hydra Stomper. Wow, you know? So we don't kinda know. Cool, kind of cool. I will admit, kind of cool. I don't know if they're going to take like a Winter Soldier route with Steve filling that in. Like if they just kind of um, like cryo freeze him repeatedly under the brainwashing technique like with Bucky. Yeah, yeah. Or if he's fucking frozen in a suit. But that's interesting. I like this finale, dude. Um, but the Gamora thing... Really? I did enjoy this. This was a lot of... Okay. Like, mindless action fun compared to... Compared to some of like, the big action scenes that we get in like, the Marvel movies, which I'm just kind of sick of at this point. Yeah, yeah, Well, this I, was new. It had its animation twist to it. You yeah, know? of course. And it, like they were just like Ultron. But Vision Ultron? I don't know what the fuck we call him. Super Ultron? Just whatever, call him Ultron. Cool. Yeah. He's a fucking... T- Hank, bro. He's just an absolute fucking unit when he fights. Keep going, though. Sorry. Yeah, dude, this was just fun. This was just mindless action in animation form. Um, interesting team-ups, because, you know, these some of these yeah. characters are dead. You know, we're never going to see this team-up in live action, sadly. Um, this was cool to see these characters interact in this way, especially in these alternate, like, funky forms, like the Doctor Strange Supreme and whatnot, like Star-Lord yeah, yeah. T'Challa, which was also announced today he was supposed to have a spinoff show. I know, I know. That um, kind of broke my heart. Dude, that was sad to hear. But, dude, I'll tell you, I was not expecting that we were going to see T'Challa in this episode, to be honest. I just thought okay. we were going to get Doctor Strange team up with the Watcher in that Black Widow again from last episode. Yeah, I... I didn't think we were going to get any of these guys. So. And that th- this is where my comments come in, man. I didn't like the ending. I was like, this is just a lot of nonsense, nonsensical action mm-hmm. for one episode. I don't think these episodes work good standalone. Yeah. But when you watch it together, I think it does. It improves the series a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Okay. You know, if you sit down and you watch three, three, let's say three a day for three days, nine episodes, mm-hmm. I think you'll have a great time with this series. If you, but they did it once a week, which is okay. You know, I I do like the once a week thing. I don't think it worked though for this format, for this show at least. So you think you kind of wish they took like the visions idea and just dropped it once? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And okay. see, at visions, I wish they did the other way because they didn't connect. I know we didn't know they were gonna connect in the series finale here like you know none of us knew that like if we have one callback like we mentioned dr strange okay cool i know we're bringing fucking you know the whole team back Mm -hmm. so i don't know man it was all right as a series it was good as standalone episodes wasn't too thrilled with it i'm glad you liked as like you're more positive of it towards the series at least yeah Um, and i applaud them for the risk that they took man yeah the animation style is really growing on me too i'll be honest I, it grew on me a lot, too. The first two episodes, I'm like, do I really like this? It's, it's just weird looking. To the, At this episode, I was like, this is fucking sick. Like, yeah, because it's kind of like cel-shaded 3D almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. So it's it, it grows on you for sure. Um, I want a fucking action figure of that, that Ultron, dude. 
Where's my Marvel yeah. Legends figure of that guy? Now, he's awesome looking. He's a fucking unit, bro. Um, so happy. I would like I said, I was not expecting the Star Lord T'Challa to be in this whatsoever. Um, each episode we've talked about this show when he's made his like three other appearances. You know, me and Curtis were discussing for a bit that zombies episode. How how nice that final line of his is when they're in the uh, yeah. the Quinjet. This was just like icing on the cake. We get him one last proper send off for this character, um, for this iteration of the character that everyone seemed to enjoy too, and he also gets to do it with Michael B. Jordan again. Yeah, that I was, was cool. like you know, man. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Black Panther two. I think since the sh- this show has fucking started. Yep. And you've you've been rooting Michael B. Jordan come back, and I'm just like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather see something a little bit more original. This makes me want to see Killmonger come back for sure. Yeah, I, I, he's one of my favorite characters in Marvel. This really has me looking forward to the Black Panther too, in that Wakanda show, and even um, Ironheart because we know that Shuri um, and Riri Williams or Riri Williams will be introduced to the MCU by meeting Shuri in Black Panther too. Yeah. So it has me excited for all three projects. I don't know how tied oh, Ironheart will be. Zemo. They brought back Zemo to in uh. Falcon and Winter Soldier to back to Wakanda, or they no they didn't, they locked him up in that fucking thing. Yeah, <laughs> but my bad. But dude, that I like this the ending garbage. a lot. Um, overall, I'm gonna give this show like a like a bestman. It had big okay. moments, but you know, overall, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed reading some of the comics as a kid too. It, I didn't think we'd get anything connecting. So up until last week, I was like, oh, the finale is just gonna be like a regular episode. But I'm kind of glad it went on a high note. But I, I don't too. know where a season two could go and that scares me me neither i have no idea where it goes and like we were talking about we didn't think any of this was connected you know mm. and they obviously connected it at the end so season two they better have a trick up their sleeve like we knew I, it was I canon think this, but like yeah we knew it was canon but i'm talking like yeah. stringing together a, a, a plot yeah. here you know i was like um you know like what's going on here it was but, a nice yeah. twist but that should i felt this felt like more of a series finale than a season finale it me. did Especially if they went up against the guy who's tearing through the multiverses. Yeah, and with it being the Watcher breaking his oath, and for nine fucking episodes he's preaching in the intro, I cannot and will not interfere nonstop. I am the Watcher. Yeah, okay, buddy. The Watcher. (laughs) You broke your oath. You sure are playing, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, sick. What what, what would you rate the show in in its entirety? Me, this is the Naboo going on its way to Bespin. Uh, Okay. It's going higher. It's going. It's flying closer to a uh, Bespin than a Naboo, uh, for sure. As a series, it is. Okay. As standalone episodes, it's a straight Naboo. Okay, I can respect that. Yeah, I, I appreciate everything they do in this show. The animation, the dialogue, the stories they're telling, the risk that they took with this show. I love all of that. Mm-hmm. Some things just didn't click for me in the episodes. Overall, though, it does click, and I do enjoy that. One so. thing that also grew on me is the uh, the voice acting for Black Widow. I thought in this oh, episode okay. specifically, she sounded more like Scarlett Johansson, finally, compared to that first episode where it had uh, Hank, Hank Prim. Yeah. Episode three where, like, oh, what if the Avengers died, except for fucking yeah, Black yeah. Widow. Um, she didn't sound like Scarlett Johansson at all up until this episode. I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. And, of course, we get the actual Black Widow references of her using um, Red Guardian shield and whatnot. And they yeah, even they, no. they name drop him, I think, in this episode, too. They do. The Alexi or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Next up, as you guys probably have heard, 
Squid Games. It's all over my TikTok. It's all over Twitter. <laughs> it's all over Instagram. It is one of the most. It's coming. It's coming up to be one of the most watched shows in Netflix history. With a script that was produced around 2008, but never got made into a show. Um, I watched the first episode. Um, it is something to watch. <laughs> um, I didn't watch it in English. I watched it uh, Korean with English subtitles, I think. Oh, Because okay. I was watching it English dubbed, and it just looked like a fucking train wreck, dude. <laughs> like a fucking train wreck. Mm -hmm. And I was watching it with someone, and they said, yeah, the subtitle version is the superior version because things don't get translated right in the English version, in the English dubbed version. There's okay. anyone out there who's still watching it, just a heads up. Maybe you want to rewatch it if you really enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it. It seems very predictable. It is nothing new and original. Uh, maybe you guys never seen the game, the movie Would You Rather. Maybe you guys never seen the movie's Escape Room. I'm not saying those were good, but this isn't like something new and, you know, a new idea or anything. Like, these ideas have been there where play a game, you die, but if you survive it, you win a lot of money. So it's this is scripted. Fucking... And just yeah. game ever played. Hard yeah, it's basically the fucking Hunger Games, the dude. Game. You're basically playing the fucking Hunger Games. Um, but you're not killing anyone. You're just playing, like, preschool games. See, man, I, kind of... I didn't get to watch the episode at all or any of this fucking show. Yeah. It's been hyped the hell up on all my feeds. It has um, been on mine, too. And I'm like, there's it, there's nothing new about it. Yeah, like, it sounds not, terrible. It's not, like... I don't know, man. Maybe it's because I've heard the hype. It's not hitting that for me. Um, it, you know what it feels like? You know what's a great depiction of it? It's hmm. like Spy Kids 3. Spy Kids 3 is good. No, I'm not saying it's bad, dude. But that's like the kind of premise of it. They play, they're play, they playing these games, you know? Oh, okay. So you're not comparing the... I thought you were comparing the quality no, dude, of the Spy no, Kids 3. No, I was about no. to say, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> no. Elijah yeah, no, Wood up. as the guy buddy settle down um yeah it, it's it's something to watch will i continue watching it probably not um i've seen the ending i've seen how this show goes it, it knowing how it goes it's quite predictable just from episode one really there's cool fan theories out there so i applaud the fan theories it's cool right there's good writing in it that leads to these fan theories which I do applaud, you know, like Easter eggs, I guess, in their writing. Mm -hmm. Not good writing, but Easter eggs spread out. So that's cool. Um, if you're liking it, good for you. If you haven't watched it, I, I recommend you watch the first episode and decide for yourself. I don't recommend it, though. So. Yeah, this this sounds pretty terrible, man. Like, since on my feed nonstop, I thought this was a re like a game show. I thought this was like a Netflix wipeout or something. That is exactly <laughs> what I thought it was. That's exactly really? what I thought it was. Like, it was a scripted oh, show, God. you know... But it's yeah no it's it's all fiction. Yeah, I'm not giving this my time of day at all. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Um. But maybe you are, have been watching something better, Max, known as yeah Wu Tang American. Hang on, so buddy, buddy, oh, shut the fuck oh, up. Oh, oh. Wu Tang American Saga. Max, how about you enlighten us on the podcast about? That? I've talked about this a little bit. Um, Dakari as well when he was guest starring a few weeks ago. Um, I did not like the first two episodes of this show when it first came out a few years ago. And Akari persuaded me during our trip to Atlanta for the Kanye listening party for Donda. He was hyping the hell out of this show. I was like, you know what, I'll give it another shot. I sat down, I powered through that episode and a half, two episodes. And I became fucking hooked, dude. I binged the whole rest of the first season the next day. Caught up on season two, because there were four episodes in. 
I'm loving this show. <laughs> um, last week's episode was all about uh, the first single, Protect Your Neck, which is my favorite Wu-Tang song at that, um, from a fantastic album, 36 Chambers, Into the Wu-Tang. But what's so cool about that is, this is, of course, the Wu-Tang Clan story, you know, and it has several of the members producing several episodes off and on, but Rizzo writes this. I don't think he directs it, but he writes it, and of course they're using their original music for this as well, and he's still doing the added scores. Um, so a lot of creative minds, the original creative minds going into this, which is pretty neat. Um, but specifically the Protect Your Neck episode for last week, it's really neat because it'll take its creative liberties while telling the story as well. So that whole episode is... I think 30 minutes of it is about RZA making the beat for the song. So it goes into a black room which represents his mind and how, he's, how he envisions the music he creates with sampling and um, mixing other sounds together for these beats, which is really neat. Um, my opinion, that was the best episode of the entire series. It really... It, it gave a more of a, a visual representation of how much of a musical genius the RZA is. Um, this week's episode is pretty neat because it's about the distribution for that first single and how individually, as an independent artist and company, they had to go and seek out these record companies and record stores to get this single out there to get an actual record deal. Uh, really enjoying the hell of the show, man. I can't wait to see where this goes. I think this season will end with 36 Chambers either beginning production, like... You know, they're in the studio finishing the album, or it will end with the album being finished. I'm really hoping season three will be, every episode will be each of the solo projects they worked on. And then if we get a season four, I think ending it with their second album, Wu-Tang Forever, will be a great finish and then end the show on a high note. But who knows? Um, they could go a lot longer, I think, because this show's taking its time. But I'm living the hell out of it. I highly recommend it. If you're a hip-hop fan or you love Wu-Tang at all, or if you're just needing a good binge with some drama thrown in there, give it a watch, you know? But, yeah. Yeah, Wu-Tang American that, Saga. That sounds good if you're a fan of, you know, Wu-Tang and the things you have just mentioned. Um, I don't watch that show, but I am watching Impeachment on FX, which I think everyone should watch okay. with that whole Monica Lewinsky thing. Just. Yeah. I'm American seeing Golden Globes, Sports. I'm seeing Emmys, I'm seeing all the awards again, just like they did for OJ, and just like they did for the assassination of uh, Gianni Versace, uh, that mm-hmm. FX American mm-hmm. crime thing. Just absolutely fantastic writing, fantastic mm-hmm. directing, fantastic all around the board. Another show that I've been watching, as lo- uh, along with Brian, is Ted Lasso. Yeah. Brian, you can talk about this episode, man. Do you like this one? Uh yeah, so last week's episode it uh it's it's really good and it ends with uh a bit of uh, drama going on at the end of the episode. Uh you're uh making a fist cuz you're feeling bad for Ted. But yeah, this this episode was was really great. Um just the last two weeks have been really yeah. good. Well, yeah, I've loved I mean, them. I mean in fairness, like the last like 17 episodes or however many there have been of have been really great but you had the coach beard episode and then it got back you know kind of you know back more to, of the yeah back to more of like the uh the regular kinds of stories but yeah the little uh little cliffhanger at the end of this week so if you're not watching it uh get caught up um i actually just went through and rewatched all of it um again from the beginning i had some family oh, wow. in town okay i hadn't watched it and it was it was really interesting to watch it back from the beginning because you're seeing like all of the seeds that they'd placed 
like yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in the first episodes that you don't pick up on the first watch through because you're they have you focusing on different stuff you know kind of some uh, bait and switch type things but uh yeah this uh this last episode was uh really good yeah i i really enjoyed this one and if you listen to visions and i visions with max silver and i i don't know if you guys remember it maybe we talked about it there maybe we weren't recording but silver and i had this idea that nate will is gonna you know do his own thing and mm-hmm. in like one of the series finale season finale just down the road two seasons three seasons out it's gonna be for like the big championship cup which in soccer it's the champions league it's gonna be nate v ted and i would just love to see something like that the man okay. has been bullied he's getting a little bit of a villain origin story in this one you know in this season mm-hmm. for sure so I'm, I'm real excited for it i don't know if they'll go that route because it's a bit more not on the you know light-hearted side as this show usually is but mm-hmm. be sure to be sure to catch up with uh, ted lasso because i will be talking about that on lfg um once it finishes up which i believe is this upcoming friday the 8th so be on the lookout for that in the mm-hmm. coming weeks Dude, you've been um, no the sh- hell out of that show man i, need a, I love I need it dude i love i love soccer uh, and I just love the feel of this show. Like, I don't like happy, feel-good shows. This is something I watch, though. Um, we are going to skip stream of the week this week. Um, there is that Jake Gyllenhaal movie. We haven't seen it. Maybe we'll see it next week. So be sure to check out for that. <laughs> um, now, guys, we're going to take a mini break, cut to our rating system, and then we will be back to talk about The Many Saints of Newark and Goodfellas. Woo. So stick around for that. Oh, hi, Mark. All right, and we're back from a quick little break. So we're going to go ahead and discuss the new Sopranos from our highest rating to lowest. Many scenes of New York. This is one of those HBO Max deal films for the Warner Brothers situation. We've covered almost all of these this year, haven't we? I think we have. We have the Angelina Jolie one, number three. One of the ones. Number two. Yeah. No, we covered that. Well, what the other one was though. Number one. You are more competent. Why does everyone want to go back? We did. Yeah, we covered that. We covered all of them. I think for the Angelina Jolie one, man. Oh, yeah, we covered Cry Macho. We covered all of them except for the Angelina Jolie one. So, I'd say we're doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah as Max was saying, this was a same-day streaming. Uh, you can go to the theater and pay your 20 bucks, or you could stay at home and pay your 15 bucks. you know, for HBO Max. Whichever floats your boat, whichever one you want to do, whichever one you feel safe with, I could give a fuck less, as long as you watch the movie and as long as you're listening to this podcast. So, so who, yeah, now we're going to be... Did anybody watch this in theaters? No? Yeah, that's what no. I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, then. Um, this movie is based on well i guess the description was you know the trailer made it look like it was going to be a tony soprano movie um i don't know what kind of fucking gas they were smoking because pass that over here um but yeah this is obviously a prequel to the sopranos an hbo show uh disclaimer max and i've never watched the sopranos show at all i watched 20 minutes of the first episode and fell asleep brian however and cam have watched the show so this will be an interesting take on um, our opinions on the movie. Without any further ado, though, let me give you the little fucking recap. So we start off with, I don't know, 
what year is it? It was the year of the riots, so 1960. In the middle of it, yeah. yeah, 70s, 60s. Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck cares? They start early, <laughs> but we get a voice. We get a, we get a voiceover. Just, just out of nowhere, we get a voiceover. And as someone who's never watched the show, no, who the fuck's talking to me? Um, Brian and Cam obviously do know. Um, but we get a fucking voiceover, and they start talking about how. You know, Tony Soprano's up and coming. You know, he killed he killed whoever voices we're hearing. Anyway, though, we focus on Uncle Dickie a lot throughout this entire movie. It's mainly about Uncle Dickie, Uncle Dickie, Uncle Dickie. Uncle Dickie does this. Uncle Dickie does that. Tony looks up to Uncle Dickie throughout the entire movie. <laughs> we get our little, uh, what are they called? New Newark, Newark riots. Is that what they were? Yeah, bullshit like that. Yeah, so we get some riots going on. We see some racism going on. We gotta have Leslie Odom Jr. in there. Yeah. Yeah, we get some racism going on. The new, the I don't even know what they're called. The Soprano people don't like the African American community in this movie. Uncle Dickie though was friends with an African American guy, and you know it didn't really end too well. Um, people get shot. Uncle Dickie loses a lot of people. He kills his dad. He kills his girlfriend. Uh, then he gets shot. But Uncle Dickie was told by Ray Liotta. A different Ray Liotta that wasn't his dad to stay out of Tony Soprano's life, and so then Uncle Dickie stood out, uh, got out of his life, and then he got shot in the head. And then we see we end it with um, what's his fucking name? Tony just looking over Uncle Dickie, and then we get the voiceover again saying, you know, that's when Tony became Tony, the one we all know today. Um, as you can see, I struggled with uh, giving a little recap about this fucking movie because there was just a lot of talking throughout this movie. Which is fine. I'll get into it, but it's just a lot of talking and a lot of just mob things going on. Not really a whole lot of, I don't know, substance that was going on with this thing. Um, so yeah, yeah, that that was it. That was it. No post credit scene. This wasn't Venom. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was it. So um, I don't know who wants to take the floor. Max, you wanna you wanna take the floor on this one? Dude, I will go ahead and say this movie I wanted to enjoy more than I did. Okay. Because the is, that entire, all, is that all you have to say? No, 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 no. The entire okay, okay, time cool. I'm watching this movie, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm seeing cool mafia stuff. I'm seeing cool mob stuff going on. I like what I'm seeing. I do not know who the fuck these characters are. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure as a fan of this show and you this is absolute fan service and it is lovable if you've sat through because it's what seven seasons of the sopranos i think there's six seasons it had six yeah if you sat through all six seasons i'm sure this is a wonderful ride you know um because what the opening scene during that voiceover we see graves of people who i assume are characters who had died in the show right i think half and half half and okay yeah i i assume this okay. things man like i don't know who the fuck these people are. i didn't know who the voiceover yeah, was right. Yeah, um, yeah. the the one the the one grave of the the guy doing the uh the voiceover like the narrator or whatever I guess his role was in the in the film uh, Christopher. So he's yeah he's yeah. uh, Michael Imperioli. Yeah, major okay. character in the uh, in the first one. All right. So. Yeah, man. The whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm more distracted by the characters. It got to a point where I'm just having to to kind of turn off of thinking who's who in this and just watch the substance, watch what's going on and okay. take it scene by scene for, for everything happening. Um, 
one thing though, it made me want to watch the show for sure. It had it sparked my interest. Really? So at some point when I get through the other shows I'm going through, I do plan to sit through that pilot at the very least. Um, okay. I don't know if I'll dedicate six seasons of the show to my life. If I enjoy the pilot, I'll continue. But it did spark my interest for sure, hundred percent. And you know, if I end up enjoying the show and watching it, I'll I'll gladly rewatch this movie. At that point, um, but from this point forward, I'm telling you, I don't know a single person's fucking name in this entire movie. Because I, I know just Uncle Dicky. I know Uncle Dicky and Tony. Yeah, I know and Tony, but I, I don't even know, know who he is. I can't tell you the relationship between any of them, though. Cousins, brothers, sister. I, who yeah, the fuck knows? Yeah, the Blundettos and show something. That was the weirdest thing to me because the there's like a time jump at one point, and it's a four year time gap. And the only way I'm able to tell there's a time jump because it's John Berthold getting in and out of prison. Yeah. See, I only the, could tell because Tony grew up. See, yeah, I didn't even realize crazy. it was the same character at first, dude. It blew over my yeah. mind completely. Oh, see, I watched the trailer was played so much when I was going to the movies where they were mm. always like Tony Soprano, you know, and then they show that kid, the older kid's face, and I'm like, oh, that must be Tony. Okay. Oh, see, I've watched the trailer so, maybe like yeah. once. Yeah, this has played every time for every movie I saw that we have covered mm. since the trailer was released. It's played at every single one of those. Oh boy, I think it's played. But I just wasn't paying attention to it. Um, yeah, yeah, I get <laughs> I I love John Berthold on this, but I like John Berthold in general. I think it's really fast or not fascinating. I think it's he has a great range because he either can play like a a classier Italian man or just like a like a redneck character, like in Walking Dead, like Shane. It's weird. <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect a, a guy like um, John Berthold to pull off both, but he does. Yeah, man, like I said, this it sparked my interest in the show. It definitely sparked my interest in getting back into uh, gangster and mafia films, for sure. Like, well, you know, we're covering Goodfellas as well this episode, but I really don't have much to add to this conversation other than that, to be 100% <laughs> honest with you. Um, okay. I'm really Brian curious to hear, cool. you know, Cam and Brian's thoughts on this show or this movie because you guys watch the show. Though. Yeah, we'll give it up to uh, we'll give we'll let Cam take the floor for a minute here. And oh, Cam, real? since yeah. you uh, since you watched the show, you've okay. dedicated your life to six seasons. What what do you make of this movie, man? Was this fan service? Did you love it? Just you know, it's an incomprehensible mess because. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm a fan, hardcore fan of the show, but. I, I think some of the reviews even said it best. Like, this will only appeal to, like, hardcore Sopranos like Completus, because not only done a disservice as a standalone movie, but this is like if you told me, hey, I'm going to do an origin story on Riggs and Lethal Weapon or John McClane and Die Hard. I'm not going to feature him much. I'm just going to have it seen through the lens of all these other people who knew him. I'm like, I don't want to see that. I don't even find any of this captivating because, again, like you say, the introduction to it all is just very rushed and like you say again all these actors we've loved most of them in just about anything and i'm already have forgotten bernthal was in it i i i, I would have thought years ago that'd be perfect casting as soprano senior because senior is mentioned throughout the entire gust of the show you know as a big impact on tony's life and so to see him Kind of just only get like two scenes. It's just like okay, well, so this was no different than if you had five other people tell a story to you, 
and then you regurgitated all that information, it's the same as not actually seeing it. It's like, it didn't leave much impression every scene. It felt like they either rushed it, filmed it really fast, or something, or they were just so concerned with capturing the look of post-Vietnam, and I'm like, that's, that's what threw me off, too. The Sopranos are in their own war, you know? They're all in about the turf wars and everything. Yeah, yeah, the five, the five cities, five families. It's like, why would I give a fuck about what they think of the economy and wars, actually, <laughs> enlistment, you know? It's like, Oddfather handled it well, and, you know, Scarface, there's a bit of that post-war angst at the beginning, so it's like, mm-hmm. why can Sopranos not cover this better? And, I mean... I wasn't crazy about last season. It has its fans, but I'd much rather watch that than this because I, I, I just... Okay, there's plenty of movies that are based on shows and they have some for everybody, like X-Files, Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Even, you know, Breaking Bad and Babylon 5 essentially had movies that were just extended two-hour episodes and they worked well on their own terms. And to see this and how so many people are scratching their heads, frustrated, and it's like... So this and this happened there and there. And it's like, so the filmmakers, there's something must have been cut or whatever, but I was never entranced. And okay. Usually you can be entranced by something like this. Like, has anyone seen the Hughes Brothers uh, Dead Presidents? I have not, no. No, I Okay, well, that's a perfect example, much like Godfather, just showing someone goes off to war, comes back, enters a life of crime, and like you say is like it's visually stunning and at the same time you it's easy to get lost and not know who's aged or who's playing who and yeah, yeah. ray liotta stole the movie for us as he does in the other movie we're going to talk about this star making role but it's like okay but if anything he should have played tony's father <laughs> i mean love Bernthal, yeah. but imagine what he would have brought to that i mean and see them kind of gloss it over one review mentioned how Carmela, played by vera formiga Kind of felt more like she was playing it like Tony's wife, uh, wife. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, that is a confusing characterization. Did they study the wrong actress? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when I was watching it, because I thought it was Edie Falco for a second, and I'm like, oh no, it's not. It wouldn't have made sense time wise. I'm like, uh, so how right. did her hair stay blonde throughout the '90s? <laughs> yeah. When I it, watched the trailer of this. They advertised it like I'm gonna see what made Tony Soprano in the Sopranos yeah. TV show become that character, what he dealt with as a kid, what he went with, and I thought to myself while watching that trailer, I obviously sat through it like fucking ten, fifteen times, and I'm like, I I could give a fuck about Tony, I I could care less. So when the movie clearly wasn't about Tony, yeah. like I could tell ten minutes in, it wasn't gonna be about that. It's gonna be about this Uncle Dicky character. I'm like. I'm actually enjoying it. However, though, it felt like they were still trying to show how Tony became Tony. And yeah. they, they had to focus on one or the other, in my opinion. They couldn't focus on two. And they got caught between both minds there. And they they, they it, it just didn't work to their favor. It didn't yeah. work to their favor. I I actually like this movie. I thought I, I did like this movie. I like just seeing these mob people be mob people doing underground things. I don't like Max. I don't know who these characters are. I don't care about these characters. But just the aesthetic of the mob world, you know, I'm a 
not a simp for it, I guess, but I, I like, you know, <laughs> it's what I love to watch. I love those yeah, type of movies. movies. Are fun. Yeah, so I enjoyed the aesthetic, the look of this, the things they were talking about, the things they were doing. I loved all of that. When it came to like an actual story, though, and substance uh. to it, I don't know what story they were trying to tell. It seemed yeah. like they were trying to tell Uncle Dickie's story, which is fine because I loved him in this. I thought he did a great job. Uh, Alessandro Nivola. I thought he did a pretty good job acting. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I thought he did a great job. So, I thought it was ironic how he, That's you the know, guy that hated, kills his wife, right? Yeah. I yeah. thought it was <laughs> ironic that he hates his, um, what do you call it? He hated his father for beating his wife. Yeah. And then he goes and drowns his wife. I thought that was quite ironic. I like that character development. I liked how he's trying to be the saint and do good things and talk to his estranged, what would it be, uncle? Yeah, um, and you're kind of showing mm-hmm. how, like Tony, he's kind of a victim of abuse, and so he just psychologically breaks down. But that was as yeah. much as he got from the show. Yeah, yeah like they, they were giving me crumbs to these characters where they needed to give me more, in my opinion. I don't think a movie worked in their favor. If it did, and if they wanted to, you had to focus on one of the two. And that was the thing that I kept wrestling with. Do I like this movie because I'm attached to these characters? Or do I like this movie because of, you know, just the atmosphere this movie's creating? And it's for sure the atmosphere. Because I loved every second of people getting popped, you know, the swearing, Mm -hmm. how they interacted with each other, the suits they were in. Everything like that was just perfect for me. It reminded me of Goodfellas. It made me want to watch The Irishman and Goodfellas to, and Casino. You know, three of my favorite gangster mob movies. Um, but I couldn't tell you who the fuck these characters were. I had I have to look them up to know what their names are. Brian, you watch the show, though. Mm-hmm. Do you have a different mm-hmm. opinion than, than Cam? You know, like, what, what do you make of this movie? <laughs> so, so the acting in this movie was really good. Um, it looked really good. Although there's some weird aspect ratio things going on. I don't know if it was just my yeah. TV. Or what, especially yeah, at, at the beginning of it, it, it looked kind of strange. Um, this movie is a giant mess. It is <laughs> a, a huge mess. It, there's like, it, it felt to me like they maybe like wrote like a four episode like miniseries, and then we're like, so. you know, we we can't dedicate like five hours to this. Let's just cut it down to two hours, and uh, we'll try to tie it all together somehow. Uh, none of it worked. <laughs> maybe. Uh, because Cam and I both, you know, didn't care for it. Loved the show. The show is absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. I think you both would really like it. Um, but uh, I think maybe maybe having the baggage of that, you couldn't get over it. Because I think I was watching it and I was trying to keep things straight because I more or less knew who these people were. Yeah. And so you're trying to, like, follow along with it. And, it, like, it, at some point, I don't know, like an hour in, I'm like, none of this makes any sense. I don't know yeah. what they're trying to accomplish, what they're what they're wow. getting at with this um yeah so we've had three hour movies that were widely panned because they were convoluted we've had Wyatt Earp uh is of heaven heaven's gate even and it's like mm-hmm. with this one like you say it does kind of just it, it it's not even the kind where it's like I should watch it a second time I miss something it's like no it's more of a it feels like it was made by someone with ADD and I get that Alan Taylor didn't have much of a good track record with movies, like The Fifth Terminator and what have you, but it's like, yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. this needed someone to just storyboard and just, like, obtain your interest and, like you say, just kind of sum up this journey, do a little more foreshadowing before we get into just the back and forth and then trying to keep track of, you know, 
how many bodies are on the ground, you know? <laughs> right. And I'm, I mean, there were parts that I liked. I mean, I liked, you know, kind of seeing Dickie. I liked seeing the stuff with Junior. But then it, it would just be like, you get like a moment where you're like, okay, maybe this is starting to make sense. And then it would just like explode up against the wall again. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very great. interested that, you know, Max, you said you'd never watch this. And this makes you more interested to go watch the show. Mm-hmm. And that is mind blowing to me that you would watch this and be like, I want to watch what this spawns. <laughs> right. That doesn't that that make any sense. It's more of but the it was like atmosphere very thing, visually like stunning to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm going to give him a free pass on marketing this as a story about Tony because it's not at all. So, Right. And producers yeah, aren't responsible for that. That's the studios. Yeah. So. And I, I feel like... I feel like... And I could be totally wrong on this, um, but I feel like ever since like The Sopranos ended they've been talking about doing some sort of like prequel story of the sopranos so i mean it's yeah. you know it's been like 10 years i don't want to i don't want to say that it's built up because it's not been you know like a prominent thing that's you know been but it's always been kind of out there that this was something that eventually was going to happen Someone wanted so. some continuation of it and then it's like they wanted to do kind of a sequel it was one talk in the street and of course can't do it gandolfini i have a heart attack and i was what did you think of his son like I really thought he looked just like his father, but like you say, his performance was kind of limited because the screen time wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I thought I, I thought he was great, and I thought you know he had he had you know his Very dad's subtle. manner mannerisms and things. I liked him a lot, but we saw more of like young Tony than we did of like the teenage version yeah, of Tony, and that yeah, and yeah. that was and that was the big hook for it, right? They're like, oh, we got James Gandolfini's sons coming back to play him in this thing, and yeah, and then he's only I, he's only he's only in it for, I don't know, I three or four minutes probably. Were, were you yeah. like me? Were you expected to see him do his first Bob hit or his first girlfriend or just see what? Didn't he yeah, talk about of. doing a lot of sports growing up? I expected to see him at a golf course, you know, <laughs> see the yeah. guy we later see. I, yeah, I mean, I expected it to be more focused between, like, the relationship with, like, his mother and father or his mother and uh, Uncle Junior, uh, that kind of thing. That's yeah. where, like, I imagined it was, was going to go. But, yeah, I'd, this Take away the brand no, name. No, good, no good for me. Indistinguishable, yeah. That's interesting that you guys are just absolutely just dogging this movie, considering you guys watch the show. But well, it, it just felt like it wasn't, and it's not even a standalone, it can't be a standalone film in my opinion. I don't know how Max feels about it. But you have to know something about The Sopranos oh, to watch a, this film. Max, how do you feel boring. about that? I 100% agree, Danilo. Um, I'll give you my rating too on that too, man. Because like <laughs> I just I don't have too much to say about this fucking movie, 100% okay. honest with you. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know who the fuck these characters are whatsoever. I don't care about any of them. No. Um, the atmosphere has me interested. And yeah, I love it. The fact that, okay, you know, I've, I, don't, I haven't watched the show, but like Brian, I've heard so much about a prequel or a sequel, something Sopranos. So to see that dedication that people wanted this in some way, shape, or form makes me want to watch the original source material. Please do. I've it heard about this for five it. years at least. At least I agreed. I remember being in high school hearing about this. It came up in a gaming forum. It came up at just so many other yeah. things. Like someone would ask one of those actors, "What's your next project?" We're working on a project for HBO. It's one of our favorite shows. So like, the atmosphere saves this movie for me. Um, 
I like seeing just the typical mob stuff, but I have to handle each scene as its own individual thing. However, I couldn't even tell you the fucking character. The dude is in jail or prison. I think he's an uncle. Yeah. I don't know what their relationships are together. Don't know who his relationship is. It's his brother, the guy that comes to visit him. I know that much. Yeah. There's... Uh, a line that the guy in prison said that kind of stuck with me and made me think about it. It's the only memorable scene for me I love, other I know than the dude about. drowning his wife was maybe some of the things you choose to do aren't God's favorite. And that just kind of hit with me. I was like, damn, like there's actual... Because he said before that there's so much like pain in your life or whatever, Yeah, right? exactly, man. And I, mm-hmm. I, know ex- I knew exactly you are going to bring up that scene. I love that scene too. That is the only scene worth saving of this movie, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, hold up. Leslie Odom shotgunning the guy at the recruiting station was pretty badass. I guess, dude. I <laughs> felt that would have been better served in a different movie. <laughs> What's but your like, rating, Max? Let's hear it. My, my reading straight up, dude. The only redeeming factors, you know, we That's have it. that one scene, atmosphere, and it makes me want to watch the show. That's it for me. So all all things considered, it is a hoth on the way to Naboo. <laughs> I'll give you my overall rating too, and give you my overall thoughts as well. I guess we're just gonna be wrapping this one up because uh, we're all just absolutely raw dogging it, just like how old Ray Liotta was with his young wife. Anyway, though, yeah. um, yeah, man, the atmosphere of this movie was fantastic. It made me go back to wanting to watch The Irishman, Casino, Goodfellas, all of Scorsese movies. Because those are good gangster movies. Um, this got caught up with trying to be two two different things, three different things. A standalone film for your people who've never watched The Sopranos. A story about Uncle Dicky, And then trying to fit in Tony with it. While you're getting a voiceover from a character who you don't even see on the fucking screen once. So you're just wondering what the hell's going on here. Um, like Max, I don't know who these characters are. There's not really a reason for me to care about it. There's not really a plot almost to this thing they're kind of just going through events and taking it literally almost scene by scene at some points you know and they're kind of just stringing that together along um i don't know who said it i think it was cam was saying it like it seems like something was left out of here there was like an awful green screening when he's driving and i'm like this doesn't even look finished there's this awful ass blue tint to it at some points i'm like what am i watching here it's like good and then it's bad um, Uncle Dicky obviously was the thing that kept this movie together throughout the entire, you know, the only guy who were following throughout the, um, plot. I absolutely loved his character, um, but he got shot in this movie, so that, this is where my hype for The Sopranos then dies. Would I have watched it if I saw more of this character and what he evolved into? Yeah, I would have. But now nah, I'm not going to. We're, you know, obviously Tony's the main guy in your Sopranos movie, and I only saw Tony for... 10 minutes including young and old probably not even so this one's a this one's a naboo this one's a, a naboo <laughs> leading towards a hoth it you know it, i i enjoyed the atmosphere a lot and it made me want to watch uh you know good good mom movies so that's why it's a naboo and how about you man what's your overall rating overall thoughts uh so for me i am going with a hoth for this one <laughs> um, I, uh, and, and it's only that high because, like I said, the the acting I like I like the casting. Whoever did the casting for this film did a good job, um, but whoever did the the writing for it did not. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was just it was just a mess. Like I wanted, 
and the trailers for this thing look incredible. <laughs> if you watch the trailer, you're like, this yeah. thing's going to be amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. But so I guess whoever edited the trailer, they did a good job. Maybe they should have uh, <laughs> on the film. Um, but yeah, it was it was just it was too much of a mess for me. Um, yeah, there were there were no like through storylines. Um, like Max said, the only kind of kind of saving grace to it was the the stuff with um, Ray Liotta uh, in jail. And I think that I, that was only as good as it was because it was in jail. So it had to kind of stop all the other nonsense around it for just a second. <laughs> so so uh, so he could, you know, deliver, you know, his his uh, bit there, which was which was really great. But um, yeah, just just a hoth for me. This thing was a mess. Not <laughs> I, I got a I got no enjoyment out of sitting through it so <laughs> I, I don't blame you that's very sad because i know you guys like the sopranos so that kind of kind of hurts my heart you know i talked to one guy at work who loves the sopranos and he, he loved this movie because of uncle dickie and that was it because he said he always wanted to see what he did, did in life so mm-hmm. <laughs> and cam how about you man what uh like you say it's what it's are your overall host. thoughts and your rating it's a hot it's a four out of ten at best and which would be a two out of five technically, but yeah, like, like, like you've all said, I mean, it feels like all these other movies you've seen, like Casino, Once Upon a Time in America, Godfather, and I, again, because it didn't organize it for either fans or non-fans, I, I just can't give it a recommendation of any kind. It's just like, who is this for? Is this for this noir completists? Is this for just, you know, I'm fanatics. I, I really don't know who this is for and who I would even recommend this to unless you had seen the show. And I think the best movies that are continuations of shows are ones that stand on their own two feet. And I can't say that this did. I, I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you guys either. That, but it makes me sad, man. Like, I don't know if it makes you sad, Max, but it makes me sad, dude. Because they like this show. Very yeah, it doesn't make me sad, but it makes it, you know, I'm kind of like, come on, really? But yeah, like, uh, Brian was saying, <laughs> yeah, like Brian was saying, though, the trailer did look good. Uh, even though I sat through it ten times and I got bored of it, it still looked pretty good. Now I'm going to be <laughs> on to some positive stuff on this show. Goodfellas. We'll be talking Before about that. you dive into this, man. So let me just okay. say, I I love when we do episodes like this, because there are certain times <laughs> where, <laughs> I'm serious, I love it, where there are certain movies, like, I've been on my backlog list, like, I have owned for years, and just have never <laughs> had a chance to watch, right? This and then there's new releases that I would never watch unless we were covering it. In this, amp- this episode is a perfect example. I've owned Goodfellas. On my digital library since I had a Voodoo account in 2016. <laughs> Have I seen it? No. I've had like three DVD copies growing up too. Never sat down to watch it. Was I going to watch the Mini Saints of Newark in theaters if it wasn't for this podcast? No. So this is a great example of, okay, I sat through a shitty movie that made me go want to go watch something better. And then I really got to... My, my craving was satisfied with this fucking movie for the first time. I... I understand your hype now, Danilo. I do. Martin Scorsese has never let me down once in my entire fucking life. I have watched The Departed when I was 10, whenever the fuck that movie came out, like a year or two after it came out, on FX over and over and over again. (laughs) Then I watched The Wolf of Wall Street because it was on FX over and over and over again. 
And then I'm like, you know what I should watch? I should watch Goodfellas. I rented it from the library, and I watched it, and I was just at full mass the entire fucking movie. Then I watched Casino, and they're saying cocksucker left and right, and I'm like, you know what? This is my movie here. Then I watched Taxi Driver. This is my movie. <laughs> Cape Fear. I'm loving this. The man never misses. Hold up, Max, hold up, hold shut up. Shut the fuck up about the Irishman. I did not hear you mention Shark Tales. He didn't direct Shark Tales. I don't give a fuck, dude. He's in it with Robert De Niro. It counts. Buddy, I'm Brian, 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 when I see that. Brian, do you count from Dust Till Dawn a Tarantino movie? Uh, yeah, and just exactly. having Martin Scorsese in Shark Tale or whatever makes it cinematic gold. So exactly, never I miss. love Shark Tales. <laughs> never, you know, never. You know what I? You know what I did when I was watching Shark Tales? I built my like 2004 or five like Tatooine Lego set or whatever. <laughs> Obi Wan, Greedo, Han Solo, and Luke, or whatever, when they're in the cantina, nice. Mos Eisley. Nice. Anyway, though, all right, we'll be talking about Goodfellas. So let's uh, <laughs> let's be breaking that down. Here's my recap for you. They're driving in a car. They have to bury a dead body. Ray Liotta says, you know, he wants to be a gangster. We cue rags to riches, and it's just gold after that. I mean, it's just it's just anything you could ever imagine. We see Ray Liotta get taken under a wing. Uh, from Polly at a young age, and he's doing his some good stuff. He's running errands for him. He's not a snitch. Never be a snitch, you fucking uh, rats out there. If you are, you're you're a waste of life. Um, we keep going on, <laughs> and he grows older, and now he's becoming more and part of the business. And he who does he, whose wing is he taking under? None other than our boy Bob Robert De Niro. Oh, he is taken under his wing, and they're doing runs all the time. Then who joins the mix? None other than the man from Home Alone himself, Joe Pesci. <laughs> and they're doing uh, gangster runs and everything like that. They're keeping their business intact, you know. However, though, Polly goes to jail and Ray Liotta goes to jail. So they have to, uh, you know, they have to go to jail and they do their time. Their time is just basically eating steaks, drinking wine, and not really doing prison shit. When Ray Liotta comes out, though, he gets addicted to the... Booger sugar, as it's called, um, in some rap songs. Um, anyway, though, it's called cocaine. <laughs> so Ray Liotta loves cocaine, and Polly's like, "Hey, you gotta stop with the cocaine." And Ray Liotta's like, "Ain't nothing stopping me, dog." And Bob De Niro gets—he starts taking over. Um, I forget. Fuck. Polly dies, doesn't he? Polly, Polly. Not Polly Walnuts from Supremes. Yeah. <laughs> so then Bob Bob De Niro starts taking over and he starts and they make a big fucking heist. They make out good. But then Bob's all, Robert De Niro's all like, yeah, we're going to have to uh, not um, be flexing our money anymore. And I don't want you guys to rat on me. So I'm just going to fucking start whacking all of you. And he starts whacking yeah. all of you. He doesn't whack, whack, whack Ray Liotta yet, though. Then fucking Joe Pesci gets shot in the back. Um, Ray Liotta gets caught up because the cops are on him, and you know what he turns into? He turns into a fucking rat, and so yeah. he rats on his uh, on his crew, and he gets taken into witness protection program. And funny story, my buddy actually met the actual Ray Liotta guy um, in New York, and he's a, yeah, he's an absolute fucking druggie, and he looks Holy. like a piece of shit. Oh, um, well, yeah, he was a piece of shit. So yeah, he was a piece of shit. Why yeah. are you surprised? <laughs> um, so well, they casted Ray Liotta, you know, and Ray Liotta back in the day didn't look too bad. No homo. Liotta was awesome. Um, but yeah, man, that that's a little recap of Goodfellas. A little short and quick for you. 
Um, I'm gonna say my thoughts, you know, because I have, I absolutely just adore this movie. Uh, Max, you're the man who's never seen this movie before. Walk us through just what you felt, everything you loved about it. <laughs> just, just give it to me straight, brother. Before That's I begin, how did your your friend meet this this guy? Like, was it, it a coincidence? Uh, yeah, he's just he oh. lived in New York and he hmm. went to a club back home because his family's from New York. So he went back. He lives in Michigan now, but he went back home one year. He said it was like you know around the time when he got out of jail, obviously and shit like that, or when he you know can go out and do whatever the fuck he wants to do. And he just met him at some fucking club, and he said it's he just looked like shit, like he was fat. He, he was on drugs still. Like, you could tell he was on drugs, alcohol. Um, okay, when you said you when you met him, I thought you meant, like, recently. I suppose that's witness protection? Nobody. Okay. I thought you meant it was someone you went to college with, dude. No, dude, no. You just ran into him in a fucking club. Okay, yeah, well, you... Okay, all right, all right. Thanks for making me feel like an asshole for asking. Yeah, I'm an asshole, but I'm just wondering. It's an interesting story. My guy met Ray Liotta from the fucking Goodfellas movie, but it wasn't Ray Liotta. Yeah, it wasn't Ray Liotta. Henry Hill, yeah, Henry Hill. Um, yeah, dude, I I'll, I'll hey, strip. Tell I love... made an impression on you if you don't know the character. <laughs> I'll be straight up, dude. I loved absolutely every second of this fucking movie. Exactly um, right. It is beautifully edited from the like the freeze frames nonstop. As well, throughout certain points, the narrations are wonderful. Um, God, I fucking loved this whole thing. <laughs> um, yeah, many saints left me with a craving for ma- mafia stuff, and I was thinking, okay, if I'm not going to start Sopranos anytime soon, I'll rewatch The Godfather. Because what if Goodfellas is overhyped? And boy, they do not fucking disappoint, dude. Um, I know Ray Liotta's technically the star of this movie but i love joe pesci he's fucking hilarious he's a little little fucking asshole dude (laughs) he He had me cracking up the entire time up until his death to be honest with you um seeing robert de niro is always a little bit weird because i always picture robert de niro as super old or like super skinny and young from taxi driver yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, I know this version of De Niro exists. I've seen him in other films, but it always just throws me off guard for whatever reason, dude. Um, especially if his hair pulled back like he does now. It threw yeah. me way the hell off guard. Um, and then they grade his hair to make him look, quote-unquote, older. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of, of anything more in detail other than I fucking love this shit, dude. I mean, every second of it. Um, let me let me hear some more of your thoughts. Man. <laughs> we'll be going. We'll go to Brian because I'm just kind of gushing over this. this. Yeah, when so did you watch I, this movie. So I I have watched this movie uh, several times because this is, okay. you know, this is this is one of the top films, right? At a certain point in your life, you decide that you're going to get big into movies, and there's uh, some ones you have to check off the list, and this is one. So yeah, probably watched it a couple times through college, and then you know, here and there, uh, over the years. And then I watched, I actually watched it twice. Um, after Max asked me to be on, he's like, Hey, I see you're watching that garbage on HBO. Do you want to come on the <laughs> show? And I said, sure. So, so I, uh, so I, uh, uh, so I threw it in and watched it a couple of times and yeah, this thing, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. So, uh, you mentioned kind of that, that first scene there in the car and then like the first 15 minutes of the film is telling like his, like 
coming of age story, like how he's getting into the mob and it does it beautifully in 15 minutes, which is something the many saints of Newark couldn't do in two hours. Um, it's, um, it was, it's just unbelievable. And I love, um, you kind of have, um, uh, uh, Henry Hill, uh, Ray, Ray Liotta doing like this, um, this kind of like narrative monologue over the whole thing. And then it gets to a point where he, you know, gets in like with, with the mob there and it switches and it goes to his wife starting to give the monologue is like, she's like detailing, uh, their relationship and the marriage, um, and like his like ongoing involvement with the mob. Then it's, it's just absolutely brilliant. I love the, the use of like the, like popular music, like the period, like popular music of it. Um, just fantastic music. It, it comes in and, um, Scorsese uses it as like a storytelling device in times when there's not like dialogue, like the music comes in to start telling the story because the characters aren't talking. So it's almost like that takes over the narrative for a bit. And yeah, it's just, it's just absolutely uh, brilliant start to finish. Dude, and Cam, you... how... oh, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Real quick. Um, you, you brought up Brian, that this movie in 15 minutes does what Saint of uh, many saints could not do. And, yeah. I watched this the day after watching Many Saints. It's funny you bring it up, dude, because after that, I guess recap, like his childhood story, I had a pause mm -hmm. and I thought to myself, what the fuck did I waste my time watching yesterday for two hours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was when just I, my initial I, thought. Yeah, that's, I, I kind of, I kind of did the same. I stopped it and I'm like, oh, it's at the 15 minute mark and they've already told like his whole backstory and it's completely fleshed out and yeah. like you know exactly like his motivation and his family life and how he got to uh where he was in that time and yeah it's just uh, it's unbelievable and like you mentioned the the acting spectacular uh joe pesci won the academy award for a supporting actor that was the only academy award that it won it was nominated for like nine i think so he, he, he had his the greatest speech of all time his acceptance speech for that. You guys know what that was? I do not. It was just, I humbly accept this or something, and he's like, thank you. Wow. He doesn't thank a single person. It's under, like, ten seconds, dude. Yeah. He gets up there and he just says, thank you, and, like, just walks off, and everyone's like, um, okay, Joe. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, yeah, he's he's fantastic. It's like a It's like a character study in him as he's, like, going, like, darker and darker, like, down like this uh, road as he's like getting more power and yeah. you know, trying to be made in the family and stuff. It's, it's so good. It's amazing. Cam, how about you, man? What, uh, what'd you like, make of this movie? That, how many times have you watched it? Oh, what do you love about it? Probably at least two to three times. And like you say, this, you know, it, it's just a very groundbreaking movie from everything from the way it's shot to the way it's edited and, you know, told and, it just showed how you could be very edgy and you know it's very interesting how it always finds an audience each year because so many movies have just ripped it off you know just mercilessly you know everything and like you say you can see why this just made bigger stars of everyone and why this is just kind of the essential Scorsese movie of the 90s decade just to see him mm -hmm. sum up just uh a not so respectful guy trying to leave a, you know, petty lifestyle finds a bunch of get rich quick schemes and then just almost has to pay the price with his life by just you know, 
going to value whatever's left of his bastardized marriage, you know, and like you say, you just feel the thoughts racing in everyone's just mind, and the music just tells the story. Nowadays, when you see a song that's inserted, it's just because, hey, we needed a song to license to get everyone's attention and sell records. And it's like, the, everything here just really does enhance and add to the various no-holds-barred approach. Like you say, you, you've already summed up some of the best parts. So it's, yeah. it's a must-see for movie fanatics. It is a must-see. I watched this, I think I was 18 or 19 I watched it. I watched all this shit when I was way too young. But I watched this around the right age, 18, 19, you know. <laughs> and I just fell in love with it from the first, like, 10 minutes. From the first 15 minutes, like Brian said, that coming-of-age story that was just told so seamlessly, so totally. flawlessly, with the music that was playing, the directing, everything about it. It was fantastic. You guys summed it up the best. I have my favorite scenes from this. I love, everyone loves the Are You Funny scene. The scene <laughs> I actually like is when he tells him to go back and get his shine box. Yeah, and they start beating the crap out of them. They start beating the absolute shit out of them. Billy Bats, I love that scene when they were just when the camera's just on the ground and you see De Niro kicking them, Pesci kicking them. Leota steps in, he's locking the Mm -hmm. doors. I love that scene. I love the scene then again when I forget Henry Hill's wife's name. What's her name again? Lorraine Rocco. Lorraine, yeah. All right, yeah. Uh, I love you brought up. Billy, or you brought up Billy Bats. That's Phil Leotardo on The Sopranos. So I, I, I definitely felt very sad when he passed away about, I want to say, five years ago. Oh, okay. I because love the scene like when great his... iconic cinema characters along, and plus free if you count Casino. He's the guy who's beating everyone up, taking out the trash you know, for the casino. So. I love when his Henry Hill's wife points the gun at him in the bedroom. Yeah, do you love that? that yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes right there. I love that scene. And then he gets on top of her, and he, you know, he's he's abusive towards her, which is cool. And you're cool, gonna but, really love Sopranos because she's you know, a key like, part of that. I, I love that whole aspect of yeah. their relationship. How it's just so bad. Like I know that's not something to like about a relationship. How it's just bad, but yeah, it was it was like a train wreck you couldn't like not look at. Like you wanted really to see where this was, went. Too. Yeah. I, I just love this film, man. Everything about it. the music, the the walking in the sand music, uh, the Shangri-Las, uh, the one shot where they're going into the, I don't know what it's fucking called, the Ritz or whatever. It's not the Ritz, but the fucking nightclub, that one take shot, just so seamless. Going through the kitchen. Yeah, going through the kitchen and, you know, the boy songs playing or whatever about how she fell in love with them. Just, God, dude, this movie's just fantastic in my opinion. <laughs> Um, do so the, the the going through the kitchen scene is also my favorite scenes. I'm a sucker for one shots. That um, is a great shot. Another scene I I really like, <laughs> um, is actually when they go to Joe Pesci's mother's house to get the shovel and they get stuck yeah. having dinner with her. Scorsese's mm. mom. That's her, that's her his, his mom. actual mom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's awesome, dude. They're just trying to play it like play it cool. They just murder a dude. And they hear him in the back of the trunk still outside. They're just trying to play cool. You know, yeah. oh, I need to borrow this fucking knife. I gotta I gotta cut off this hoof out of my uh, my grill real quick. I'll yeah, give it yeah, back yeah. to you later. Uh, fucking right. great writing right there. Um, a scene also, I, I can't decide if this is my favorite compared to that scene with the, the dinner scene. The random Samuel Jackson cameo. Hmm. <laughs> 
I don't know why the fuck he's in this movie. When I saw him at the the bar, the scene prior from his actual scene, it threw me so off guard. I had to pause and rewind to confirm it's actually Samuel Jackson. And yep. so just to see Joe nope. Pesci just shoot this guy like four times, walk out in the tell. Um, what's the guy's name? The one that gets Sax. frozen. Sax like, uh, Edwards or something. No, no. Sax was uh, Samuel Jackson's character. Yeah, what's what's the guy that gets frozen in the oh, in, in the, the in the truck? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, as they're walking, he's like, "Oh, what are you fucking new? Of course we're leaving. You know, take take the fucking coffee pot with you and get the fuck out." As the guy's walking out, he's like, "Are you fucking stupid? That's a joke. Don't take the goddamn coffee pot." Um, it's great, dude. Wonderful scene. It cracked me the fuck up. I don't I don't understand still why Samuel Jackson's in this, but it was delightful seeing him for forty five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah. Um. What are some of your favorite scenes, Brian? Uh, so yeah, so I like I like all of those. Those are all um, really good. I I really like the scene. It's right before um, Henry Hill you know, kind of turns right and starts working with the FBI. Whoever, right at the end, and they're sitting in the diner, um, him and Robert De Niro, and they're in front of a window, and it does like that, like like zoom. The like, dolly uh, zoom, yeah, yeah. The dolly zoom thing, but it's not on a dolly. It's handheld because you can see the camera shaking. Um, which be, gives yeah. it like, which gives it like, um, like even like more tension, um, because you can see people like walking in behind him in the window, and the whole time, uh, Ray Liotta's given like this monologue about how um, he thinks he's gonna get, <laughs> he's gonna get whacked right now, he's and this is ice. when yeah. they, this is when they do it, um, and this whole time you think that something's gonna happen, and just that shot, it just builds up like this crazy amount of tension, and then just the little like subtle shake of it you know just just mm-hmm. being handheld when they're trying to do that mm-hmm. zoom uh on it um i i really love uh that one but yeah all that all that other stuff is really great I, there's um there uh there's another scene there at the at the bar and i i think it's um i think it's a uh, like a Jimi hendrix song uh comes yeah, on and the, and the and the shot just holds on robert de niro and yeah, he's just yeah, looking off at something yep. and you don't know you don't know exactly what he's what he's looking at but just the song is playing and it just holds on him uh there that's great and then of course at the very end when he kind of breaks the the third wall like coming out or out of oh, the uh, and, and it's so cool, true because like i mean the, henry hill and the filmmakers were in such fear of making this movie you know just for legal purposes they had to you know change the names of Pesci and De Niro's characters, even though they serve the same purpose, they're doing exactly what went down. You know, some even mm. I, I like how they even keep uh, kind of keep you in the air. You don't know if Pesci himself went out and machine gunned the fuckers, or if he hired you know guys to do it. They they really do keep you. I think he personally did because you know ain't nothing to lose. But it is cool how, like you say, it does kind of just. You actually get inside the people's, you know, minds, you know, just like any good Sopranos episode. And I mean, virtually every, so many other crime shows just owe so much to this in terms of just their style and everything. Like, uh, everyone just kind of all, and what crime, the good crime shows do is often just kind of just do a homage, just kind of nod their head, nod their shoulder to what they owe their existence to. Like, that's why we like other shows like Ray Donovan and Power and Breaking Bad, because they, you know, they're, you know, not the first one out of the wall, but they managed to create their own identity and 
uh, style. And like you say, I mean, it's just such a forthcoming piece. You never feel cheated or like something was left out or rushed at the end of when it's all is said and done. So. That is it's a good a long, way of putting it. It does have movie, its own. But you're right. No. Yeah, especially it does have its no, own. But what's identity. the last gangster movie you probably saw? You probably thought, hey, that was fun or that sucked, but most of the time when you watch a gangster movie nowadays, it's pretty uneven. You know, it's just mm. too many formulas have been yeah. done, and everyone seems to think by casting a bunch of actors who can say a kick ass monologue and engage in a gunfight, that's all you need. I'm like, no, we, we, we need a little more. We need to resonate and want to follow everyone around, you know? Max, any closing closing remarks, closing comments on on Goodfellas? You're the first one, first time watch here. Um, Rating, what do you say? So, dude, you you brought up earlier that you watch Scorsese stuff too early as a kid, growing yeah. up. For me, that was Tarantino <laughs> stuff, man. You know, Kill Bill was my first R-rated movie. Um, it's like I'm now getting more and more into the Scorsese stuff. Um, I haven't been disappointed other than The Irishman. I didn't care for that, which we've talked about plenty of times before. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I'm glad I finally watched this for sure. Um, goodness, this odd enough, dude, because I'm not watching his films in order of him releasing them. Yeah, yeah. This is the gangster <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street for me. It has that same energy of okay. just living a. Living that lifestyle to the fucking fullest. And I loved it for it, man. And also, Wolf of Wall Street is a movie I didn't get a chance to watch until recently as well. I didn't. My first time watching it was actually to be on Cam's podcast talking about some Margot Robbie movies. I know, you're telling yeah, me about baby. that. That blew my mind. When, never when it came out, that. I just. I wasn't, my parents would allow me to see it, dude. I was no, like. I got you. I got yeah. you. I'm just saying, that's like all, all men almost watch that movie. Like, that's the first thing they'll watch, you know? Yeah, man. Even seen it. That's probably the only Scorsese movie he's seen because, you know, it's dealing with stuff about, you know, it's kind of yeah. darkly comedic. It's a gambling, mm-hmm. you know, Wall Street kind of film. So, yeah. This has that same energy, though. Or I guess you could say Wolf Wall Street has the same energy as Goodfellas, yeah, yeah. is a better way Pretty of putting that's it. That's Scorsese's new identity from this point on. You know, previously he'd done just kind of just third person kind of, you know, musical mm. dramas, and documentaries, and just, again, just brutal mystery movies and to see him just make a total about face is like yeah it's just it's kind of like with spielberg have you guys yeah. seen that excellent hbo documentary is like he didn't no i hate spielberg. Didn't know. <laughs> oh man max what's your rating man let's uh, hear it dude it, well, of course not <laughs> death star what the fuck ever it, that's exactly this right this is a brother. perfect that's exactly movie right. um that's i loved exactly every second right. of it dude i'm f- f- so happy i finally had a chance to watch this um, like I said, episodes like this are my favorite. Um, I get to watch a new release that's an absolute dumpster fire. Maybe it's good sometimes, but I also get to watch a classic that's been on my list for forever, and somehow they correlate together. Like we, I, I love the planning that we put into this show, as far as yeah. what we collab episodes with. And Malignant and Looper. <laughs> <laughs> I was so thrilled that uh. This movie lived up to all of my expectations for it. So <laughs> yeah, happy, happy to finally to watch it. I'm happy as Very well. Cool. <laughs> Cam, how about you, man? What's your rating? Any closing remarks oh, you have on Goodfellas? It's got to be an 8 or 9 out of 10. You know, just oh, let's go with an 8. It, it's a damn good movie. And 
has aged very gracefully. I mean, I, I saw it not too long ago at a friend's house, and I saw like the last twenty minutes. I'm like, man, it doesn't matter what portion of this movie you see, you're gonna get drawn into it. Yeah, still, I love this. I love this movie. And Brian, how about you, man? Closing remarks, final rating. Uh, so this movie is absolutely brilliant. Um, it's available on HBO Max. So if you are Ooh. thinking about watching uh, The Many Saints of Newark, don't do that. Watch this instead. Um, because it's uh, it's absolutely fantastic. So I'm going to I'm going to rate this as playing on the Millennium Falcon parked on top of the Jedi Temple on Coruscant because uh, oh, it is yeah. it's, okay. It's flat, it's flat out as good as you can get. I like that. I like that, dude. I like that too. I'm going. Baby. I'm sticking with my Death Star rating of it. Just blows a chorus on out of the fucking the fucking sky. I follow. No, no, I fell no, no, in love no, no. with this movie the first time Incorrect, I watched sir. it. I love every <laughs> single thing about this movie. The acting, the directing, the scores that come in. It, it just every. I, I find this movie funny too at times. It like it's just funny. Joe Pesci is hilarious. Yeah, when they beat the uh, shit out of people, when they're swearing at each at each other, and then when they well, talk about. You know, cutting the fucking onions in a prison cell. You know, buy, like that's their big instant. concern. They're buying bread, shit like sounds, that. I love this movie, man. It's a Death like, Star. I, th- I think what you mean is it's the Death Star two blowing up the Death Star. That's how awesome it is. It's two giant explosions. It is. It's just. It's phenomenal. <laughs> this is the movie that made me fall in love with Scorsese stuff. I so. I understand it now, dude. I do. Yeah, you understand um, my my. Uh, my what? What is it called? A shill? You understand me being a Scorsese shill now? Yeah, yeah. You got a fucking heart off for that little dude. <laughs> he's he's my height, bro. He's my height, and he has my eyebrows. Yes, yeah, okay, not buddy. Not the same skin color. I'm just. <laughs> That's right. I said it. Oh my Give us God. the closing remarks, Max. I just can't wait till we do a Tarantino episode one of these days. Oh no. Yeah. Well, it'll happen one of these days. We we'll do it. We'll we do plan it, too much episodes in advance. We do, but we'll do it. We do, man. We plan <laughs> way off. too fucking advanced. I remember a couple weeks ago, Brian was like, so what are you covering later this month? I was like, bro, we're booked till February. <laughs> that's exactly right, brother. That's exactly right. But, the schedule. <laughs> yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this week, guys. Um, next week, we're discussing the new James Bond film. Finally, that's I fucking coming out. No time to die. Seeing that this weekend. We also got another LFG episode coming out next week. Talking Ooh. about A24's Lamb. But also check out this week's current episode. Talking about Venom 2. Let There Be Carnage. Um, check out the Jacked Up Review podcast. Where Thank Cam and I discuss Margot Robbie films. And check out so Mayhem Pictures. Where, we, um, where our friend Jake has his new short film. The Toxic Flower out right now. But... Um, Cam, it's wonderful to finally get you on here, dude. We've been talking about doing this for, for fucking months at this point. Uh, Where can our listeners stuff. find you? Everywhere on Instagram, Cam's Holy Film, and I mean, we got three episodes each week, plenty of franchises to talk about, and actors and music to discuss. So Awesome, man. Like I said, I'm glad you finally get you on here. Thank you. Um, Brian, dude, it goes without saying, it's always a wonderful time to have you on here. The only man who has been on Galaxy of Film who goes so out of his way to go to a library to watch whatever the fuck that movie was. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Uh, it was under the skin and it was it was worth it was worth a phone watch, I guess. Uh, but yeah, no, thank you so much for uh, having me on again. Always fun to come on and uh, talk about movies and uh, TV shows with y'all. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah, man. Um, also, for listeners, check out last week's episode. We had a great time about Attack of the Clones, dude. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, was, yeah. that was fantastic. That was, what, two and a half hours Star just Wars, talking about that movie? Baby. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, yeah, we talked about it just <laughs> longer than the actual movie. Uh, but yeah, definitely worth it. Um, Cassia, my uh, the other co-host on the Old Republic podcast uh, that we do, uh, was on that one nice. as well. So definitely check that out. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a wonderful time, truly. But um, thanks to both of you for coming on this week again. Finally, so I was able to work out. I'm so <laughs> glad you guys both watched The Sopranos too. It was excellent coincidence. I um, do. We've been only been waiting for it for a year, only to be like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> F. But that's going to wrap it up for this week, guys. Make sure to go ahead and leave us an iTunes review if you did enjoy the show, because that really does help us out quite a bit. Um, you can go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Galaxy of Film. And like I said, we'll talk to you next week with uh, A24's Lamb and James Bond, No Time to Die. So talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye.